Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate all the downloads. We appreciate you tuning in. Turkey season is firing up all over the nation. It's open in South Texas right now, and it's creeping its way up here. If you are in the market for a new turkey call, I highly, highly suggest that you go check the boys out at Pacific Calls. PacificCustomCalls.com. They've got a new turkey line out right now. They've got diaphragms. They've got pot calls. They've got everything, and they look and sound amazing. If you are needing anything, any kind of call, to call in any type of bird, I highly suggest that you check out the boys at PacificCustomCalls.com. They've got everything that you need. They're a one-stop shop. Turkeys, geese, ducks. They've even got the Sandhill Steakhouse call out there. So if you're chasing Sandhill cranes, they've got the call for you. And if you're going to be in Texas, April April 7th and 8th. Second weekend in April. Second weekend in April at Texas Motor Speedway. You can go by and check them out. They're going to be there. Boss is going to be there. I think Lucky Shane, Duck. Lucky Duck. Dirty, Dirty Duck. Shane Gear. Shin Gear. Shane Gear. Shin Gear. Uh, Gun Dog Outdoors is going to be there also. Jeez. The who's who. Also, if you are a turkey hunter, check out Boss Tom from Boss Shot Shells. It's all made in America. Copper plated bismuth. Wax them. Uh, you can get a little bit of revenge. It decleats the toms. It's a quick and effective kill. Boss Tom, it's all that I shoot. It's all that my clients shoot also. American-made products right there made in Michigan. Right in Michigan. Great guys over over there at uh, Boss Shot Shells. They've worked through the product shortage to deliver a high-quality, premium uh, product to you loyal hunters. So check them out. They're constantly uh, innovating, constantly making their product better so that uh, you don't have to think twice whenever you're pulling the trigger. All-American-made, too. Great people over there. Uh, also, we're brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. It's the way to start the day every single day. Shoot them in the face. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. That's right. Missouri Boat Ride Blend. That's how we start our day out here at the Big Honker Lodge. It's delicious. Go delicious by, and nutritious. Go by Texas Motor Speedway, see them, see Scotty Goggles, and tell them we sent you over there to see them. Uh, you can get all your coffee. You can get all your caffeine needs over there at uh, Dirty Duck Coffee. Cool hoodies and caps, too. Yeah. Got some cool stuff and some cool mugs. They got a great new... Uh, F. Joe Brandon. I saw that. I saw that you have it, and I don't, though. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Interesting the way it works. Interesting the way that this works out. All of a yes, sudden, it does. you've got the new uh, F. F. Brandon. You've got it, and I don't. I know. Whatever. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Also, go check out the boys at Dive Bomb Industries. They are your one-stop shop for your decoy needs. They have got, the widgeons now. They got widgeon floaters out now. So um, they're slowly, slowly uh, adding species to their floater line. It's it's exciting to see. They've got the kickback chair. They've even introduced a uh, dog training line. So they've got a cool little dog launcher that uh, you can fling that bumper further than your arm will let it go that's crazy too that of all the years of training dogs i threw so many bumpers as a kid see there that someone would come up with something so simple just to flick that dummy yeah, right on out there and add 100 yards to your dog and i used to throw i've thrown a lot of bumpers when i was a kid growing up oh yeah i can remember Lots. ron you got to step out there and and throw the bumper that way the dog doesn't get used to breaking down at a certain distance they've just figured it out jeff that's a it's a great product Great guys. Cody's got it going on over there, him and Asher. So check them out. Constantly innovating. Dive Bomb Industries. Check them out on Instagram. They've got a great Instagram page. They're a lot of fun to be associated with. Uh, and don't forget about the silhouettes. It's the, it's, they're the best on the market. Pack up nice and neat. It's the off-season right now, so they've all, we've stored them all up, and they're beautiful. So check them out, Dive Bomb Industries, for whatever you're looking for. And uh, if you're laying out in the middle of the spread, the kickback chairs and the tall socks are the way to go. And the greatest, <coughs> the greatest waiter company ever. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> another another new company that's come out that's just taken over that industry. Shingear, by far the best waiters. If I was going to be wearing waiters, that's what I'd be buying. I do wear waiters, and that's all I will ever get. Um, the boot fits like a dream. The material, the top material that they're made out of, it's it's durable, it's breathable. Uh, two things that you wouldn't figure would go together, but Jeff Jones over at Shin Gear has figured it out. They're the most comfortable. Like I, like I told Jeff when we had them on the podcast, there's, there's times, you know, I, I thought I could just hunt every day in these. They're that comfortable. And they've got a guarantee that they will stand behind their product for as long as you stand in them. So if you do have a problem, you, you get a little rip, maybe the seam happens to, to break loose, send them to the people over at Shin Gear. They'll get them turned around and right back out to you. That's how a company should be, Jeff. Great customer service. Let's talk about them boys over at Lucky Duck. <clears throat> they got a big boy kennel out. Five-star crash test rated. Lou, weight fluctuates a little bit. 80 to 100 pounds. He's finally got a crate that fits him. That's durable. Now, as rumor is, it is there really a fan that goes in that? Absolutely. So he has yes, his own air conditioning yes. Listen, system. Listen, it gets hot. It gets hot in the summertime in Texas. This nice, big, beautiful dog crate that I've got from Lucky Duck. It's got a fan that attaches to the front of it. Keep your pet nice and cool during the summertime. It's also got a pad. So, you know, he doesn't have to worry about He's getting older now, Jeff. i got to worry about his elbows. He can lay comfortably in this uh, five-star crash test rated kennel, and I don't have to worry about him. He's cool. He's comfortable. Not going anywhere. It's a great product. Uh, they've also got the best spinners on the market, and they also have the best A-frame that's out there right now. So it is the Lucky Duck 2x4 blind, four grown men. It's sturdy. It's stout. And it's what we use almost every single day out here. And we are not easy on our equipment, and they handle the torture test. So if you hunt out of A-frames, if you hunt on edges, there's even guys that put A-frames in the middle. If you're a big boy and you want comfort and you're sick of trying to let, had a guy today book a hunt and said, hey, I'm a fat ass and I do not want to lay a layout blind. What do y'all do? I said 90% of our hunts are done from an A-frame. Of course, the time he's here, we'll probably have to be laying probably, on our back. Probably have But to. I told him 90% of the time, and the reason why, it's comfort. If your customers are comfort and you can shoot better when you're sitting down as on your back. Yep. Makes things a whole lot better, so check out Lucky Duck. They've got tops now, too, so if you're a crane hunter and you're hunting out of these uh, A-frames, you just throw the tops on, and all of a sudden you're invisible. So, luckyduck.com. Also, go check out uh, Gundog Outdoors. Uh, check out, you know, you got to take care of your four-legged hunting buddy. They've got bumpers out. They've got collars. <clears throat> they've also got the patented quick-release system. Latches into your dog's collar. That dog does not go anywhere until you say so. You pull a little, pull a little string, and... Away it goes. I hook it up to Lou every single day. No matter how highly qualified your dog is, how highly trained your dog is, the quick release system is something that you could use. So um, keep Fido in check always. That is at Gundog Outdoors, and they're going to be at Duck. So if you're there in April, go check them out. Looking Glass Duck Club, our boy Logan Pyatt, him and Rebel. They put on a hell of a show. They have a Patreon account, and you donate to it every month, and then you get unlimited access to all of their episodes and you can check out the debauchery that they've got going on we actually just had logan on here here recently and he's a great guy they put on a hell of a show they're funny they're witty some people even call them smart jeff but it's for adults it is for adults so if you uh if you ride around with your kids i would suggest you not listening uh maybe then but you know you get by yourself maybe with the misses and pick up a few little pointers few little pointers from logan and rep it's a it's a fun time and I, I really, really enjoy listening to them banter back and forth. So that is the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. 
We're also brought to you by uh, Alpha Outdoor Specialties. They came out with a stand-filled stool. Sturdy little piece of equipment that goes in the A-frames, and you can sit your fat ass down and not sink into the dirt. No more buckets digging into your ass. Hemorrhoids are terrible. No sore back. No, no more sore back. Uh, but they can they can manufacture anything that you've got at, over at Alpha Outdoors. Uh, if you'll just get a hold of them, you can check them out. Alpha Outdoor Specialties. Uh, they're on Instagram. Shoot them a message, and they can. Uh, Thing, build whatever you want. They're geniuses over there. Good people make good stuff. He told me to tell you too that he will have the uh, what was the name of it he used? It's gonna be the thing in the blind for you to put your shit on. Oh, the the blind caddy. The blind caddy. He said, "Tell Andy you're making a blind caddy." For making him. a blind caddy. We're excited about that. So they're gonna call it the asshole Andy Shaver. The asshole Andy Shaver's coffee holder. So uh, be looking for that. It'll be out before this uh, hunting season. We're also brought to you by Steak Plains Meats. Listen, the price of meat in the grocery stores is, is entirely too high. If you've got the freezer space, you need to buy in bulk. Get your neighborhoods. If you can't buy whole beef by yourself, get two or three of your neighbors. Go together and buy one. You're saving money. The quality of meat's better. You know what you're getting. And for what you're paying for a pound of hamburger meat, you can be eating ribeyes. That's exactly right. And you're prepared for whatever comes next. And who knows what the hell? Who knows what the hell that's going to be? You've got meat on hand. You're not relying on truckers and grocery stores and many, many variables. You got the meat on hand, and you're ready for whatever. So, if you can afford it, if you've got the freezer space, go in with some buddies, check them out. Steak Plains Meats, and you can get whole beef, half beef, whatever you want. And uh, they, they also, do a very good job. They also do wild game there too. So check them out. Yeah. If you need to get something so processed. If you, if you shoot a deer or anything. Well, you're not doing it right now. Your neighbor's but. cow, your neighbor's pig. <laughs> take anything to them. <laughs> Just take it to them. And then when you get done doing that, you need a whis- little shot of whiskey. You do. And, and what makes the best whiskey, Sire Andy? Bangtail whiskey. Uh, they have also fought the supply chain shortage and glass bottles. They've got glass bottles. They're bottling up whiskey, and they're shipping it out just as fast as they can bottle it. You need to check them out. Bangtail whiskey. Brandon's a great guy, and uh, he's held his nose to the grindstone. And he has weathered the the supply chain shortage. Who'd have thought glass? Never two get, years ago, couldn't get whiskey for your. That's crazy because we of got glass. we got all the whiskey in the world, but we can't get bottles. So it, it's a it's a fun time to be alive. But Brandon has uh, he's stuck with it well, and I suggest that you go check him out at Bangtail Whiskey. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Uh, do we have any dates at all? I we, know we dove have, season is pretty well gone. I've, I've got I've got can do some corporate dove hunts during the week. Tuesday through Thursday package. Check it out. Bring 20 guys up here. Cost you $10,000 for the weekend or for, for a three-day hunt, lodging meals, the whole thing. Where else can you take 20 clients out for ten grand and spend, and have a good time with them? Um, also, we have a new series going to be coming out on YouTube, but we have yet to name it. Anyways, be checking we'll out little feeders name. will be coming out or little trailers will be coming out on it for the next two months and it'll be coming out this summer. Anyways, that's stanfieldhunting.com or you can call me at 940-658-3172. I do have dates left all three months, November, December, and January. I've got some pheasant dates left. I can do pig hunts in the spring. We can do turkey hunts next April. We're sold out for this April. And uh, basically, that's it. I appreciate y'all listening. Thank y'all for listening to the Big Conquer Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a part of your life. God bless you and be safe. Okay, boys and girls, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Mr. Ramsey Russell. He's uh, in between trips right now, and he's gracious enough with his time to sit down and uh, talk with us for a little bit. Uh, The man's been everywhere. A lot of fun to talk to. Here he is, Ramsey Russell.
Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Dive Bomb Industries. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. Market on the calendar right now, Squad Fest, July 15, 16. I think it's exactly right. Come to St. Louis, Missouri. That's right. And the good side of St. Louis, if yep. there is a good side of St. Louis. With us today, our friend, probably... One of a very few select people in waterfowl industry that I'm actually jealous of. Jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous of Ramsey Russell. Got ducks. What makes you? What? How do you? How do you feel about that, Ramsey? Jealous. I've been trying to get. I've been trying to get Jeff to jump on a hunt with us in the fall, but he's only got like a 24-hour cycle that you can catch him because he's a busy man. <laughs> So I, I got 24 hours in October to get Jeff pinned down to a hunt somewhere, and he's always busy get, getting his hair done, getting his nails done, <laughs> washing his hair or something. Well, I don't have no hair, but I'm going to tell you what now. I'm not too <laughs> proud to tell you that I go with my wife about every two weeks, and I get a pedicure. When she gets a manicure, whoo, uh -huh. I'm telling you right now, that is the way to travel. Keep I, that makes me think of Dumb and Dumber when he got a pedicure and he had to break out that break out that grinder. That's not like that, is it? Uh, no, mine are, mine are I, I take care of my wheels pretty good, so they're, they're, it's pretty easy going. But I get the full deluxe package. The lady speaks Chinese, Japanese, Korean, whatever she is to me, and I just smile and point to the most expensive one, and that's the one I want. They put wax. Listen to this. They've got a baggie, like a Ziploc bag with hot wax in it, and they put All that right, thing. Wait a minute. We're creeping off into TMI. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Hot <laughs> wax. They put on that it. hot wax on your feet, and I'm telling you, they massage with it on there. Whew. I'm telling you, your your toes never felt so good. You know who else? <clears throat> you know who else liked to do that about 30 years ago? No. He went by the name of Bruce Jenner. Well. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, Bruce Bruce pulled some Bruce pulled some serious tail in his day. Uh, yeah, now yeah. Well, uh -huh. now he is the tail. Well, I don't I don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't see me going down the same path as old Brucey. Yeah, uh, you never know. But wow, you don't have to shave the whiskers if you do, Jim. Yeah, that, that's that's no doubt. He's a hideous looking woman. I'm telling you. Yeah. But but Lordy. but you know what's funny? He aligns with us politically. Politically, yeah, he's a staunch, he's a staunch conservative Republican. I just don't understand the the dress shit and all and, that crap. I don't know. I don't yeah. understand a lot no more, man. It just ain't the world I grew up in. You know, so I go duck hunting. That's all I know to do. We were talking on the last podcast about a girl at school that thinks she's a fucking cat, and she's got a she wants a litter box for her to go to the bathroom in. Her parents need to have their fucking head examined. You don't. That's just. It, it's it's just, it's just it's insane. That's all I can say. Yeah. Somebody, just, somebody or, or, that, that's just insane. Yeah. I can't keep up with it no more. Lee said somebody he just need their ass whipped with a belt. What they need? Yes, that, that'll cheer them up real quick. Yes. Lee said he would give them the litter box if she wore a collar, got vaccinated like a cat, and would only eat cat food and drink out of a bowl. He said, uh, "Then I'll give you the then I'll give you the kitty litter, but you got to go all well, in on sure, this cat." For darn sure, I'm all about spaying and neutering those individuals. <laughs> yeah, we damn sure need that shit. That's yeah. that's that's exact. That's the truth. It's crazy out there, though. What is so? I got to ask you this: What do other? How much of 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 all of our shit that we have going on in the United States, you go all over the world. How much of that 
um, do these other countries hear about? Or is the United States hear, still the shining hear, beacon? It. It, it's, embar- it's embarrassing. You really? Know, it really is embarrassing. I, th- I think of us like the National Enquirer for the world's entertainment. Really? I really do. Yeah. So, so it, it, it's, it's not just people. here. It, it's People are hearing about it in faraway countries. Name the president of one other country. I can I name can, a few I just because I, I, I can do Trudeau. I read a little bit. I could do Mexico. Macron. I can't. I can't. Macron. Well, you read the headline, but but you know, out of two hundred some odd countries, I, I mean, I was just down in Guatemala. I don't know the president of Guatemala. Never never even thought about it, buddy. Let me tell you what they know: Trump, they know Biden, and you know the craziest thing is uh, Trump was on the edge of everybody's lips. I mean, everybody I met down in Guatemala, they didn't just like Trump. They loved him, loved him, loved him. I'm like, but but, but he's crazy. as Twitter. They go, no, 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 no. And, and for, for a labor-abundant country like Guatemala, they, they were all telling me that uh, the news that we weren't hearing is that while he's trying to shut down China, he's opening up relations right here in Central Mexico and Central America. So it, I mean, right in our backyard so he can control it. And it was a boom time for the last couple of years of the Trump administration. Guatemala was scaling big time, getting ready for their for their chance to be something other than a third world country because they've got all this labor. They said within a week of Biden being reelected, whoop, they're right back to third world country status. They're right back. We're right back in bed with China, where I guess the folks elected want us to be. Everybody but, in the week. We're the but we're listen. I'm I'm uh, I'm a proud American. Ain't moving nowhere, no how. Uh, am I leaving this country? But but it's almost embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, presidents. You know, we're, we're not supposed to have a. What does it say that even we make make our presidents the butt of such jokes? And the world sure does with yeah. with the people we got in power right now. Nobody respects us, Jeff, nope. Andy. Nobody <laughs> nobody respects these fools we've got in office. Everybody in the world knows that Joe Biden wears diapers and can't think for himself except for the true blue 35 million Americans that vote that really did vote for his ass, those people really don't know. They still watch the news and think everything's perfect and that he's no mean tweets. Everybody else knows what's going on. It is no secret that we had voter fraud. It's no secret that we had that Kamala was was put in that spot because she was a black lady. I mean, they've told everybody. Everything is no secret. Affirmative action hire. Yes. Yes. But exactly what she is. Everybody knows that except for the 35 million people that watch The View, NBC, ABC, CBS, and CNN, and MSNBC. Everybody else knows. Everybody in the world does. I guess. But but it it blows my mind. It it just blows my mind, guys. It really does. But now, in good news. After two years of insanity, we, you know, we've got a 35-year-old Trump-appointed uh, judge down in Florida that just got, got rid of the airline mask mandate. You want to talk about And it's so funny. I had two clients on a flight that, that, that they're one of them planes that's 35,000 feet in the air when they, they come on and said, said, hey, you can get rid of these masks and walk down the aisles letting you throw them in the trash. Wow. And. And you know what? As somebody that has to fly for a living, and I've been flying it, they won't let me pull up my little old buff. Oh heck no! If it ain't got ear flaps, it don't count. Never mind that the mask with ear flaps said on the package for novelty use only. Right. It's absurd. It, it's 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 absurdity at its finest. And uh, and then we got to watch all these uh, guys on both sides of the aisle during the presidential address not wearing a mask at all. 
mm-hmm. sitting up there on the, on the nation's capital without a mask because it's only for us little peons, only for us regular folks, only for us poor people out here in real America are we supposed to wear a mask. Well, I, I, they can't retreat fast enough. It's just a crying shame that it takes a, a judge, 35-year-old judge down in Florida to, to repeal such insanity as getting rid of the mask. Am I right? Yep. I saw a video. I saw a video yesterday where the pilot came on and he said, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to tell people. And I never thought I would have to make this announcement over an airplane. If I'd have been on that plane, that would have scared the shit out of me. I'm thinking, Oh my God, we just had a nuclear (laughs) bomb. And he goes, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. But when he, with the way he approached that, I thought, boy, that's a sorry son of a bitch. Cause my heart would have stopped. I'd have thought, Oh fuck. You're 35,000 feet up in the air. And And pilot says, I never thought I'd have to say this. Yeah. We're we're diverting you to South America. It's the only (laughs) safe place to land. Home is not home anymore. Yeah, like, oh, but that's what I thought right, when he yeah. said that. I thought, what a horrible. But I knew what it was going to be about. Right. But I thought, what a horrible intro into that deal. Not not fun. Uh, <clears throat> so, have you ever been in in a country that uh, had a revolt going on while you were in country? No, not that I'm. I mean, well, I've been down in Argentina a few times. When uh, I tell you what, you get down there during World Cup. Yeah, they, they've got a, the the widest intersection in the world, which is twelve lanes by twelve lanes. It's in downtown Buenos Aires, and there's a great big old statue right there. I can't remember the name of it. It's in the heart of Buenos Aires. And if they win the World Cup, you're gonna think it's a riot. Really? Without, and if they lose the World Cup, they're gonna riot again. I think I think they just looking to looking to riot. But that's the closest thing I've ever, ever been to some some sure enough economic turmoil or or, or social unrest in something like Buenos Aires over the World Cup. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Because I just, you know, you hear of all the insanity going on here, and like you just wonder what's going to be the straw that finally breaks the camel's back. Just like you were saying, just like when the president was talking and nobody's wearing a mask, and I mean they're just they're just pissing all over you. Rules yeah. for thee, but not for me is what it is, and you know. I, you can't poke the bear for that long before it finally says enough of this. Well, it, it, it seems like they won't, they're retreating because you got midterm elections coming. Yeah. But at the same time, they've got to keep something intact just in case they need to go stuff the, 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 the ballot box again or some other kind of control. They want to bring this thing back in December. But I, I just believe, uh, I cannot imagine them coming out in two weeks or three weeks or two months and saying, oh, got to wear a mask, got to do this, got to do that, got to shelter in place. Right. I think they're going to say about 330 million middle fingers saying, uh-uh, ain't happening. No. We're, we're, we're past this. Bring it. We're done. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think they'll ever be able to put that genie back in the bottle. I don't. No, I'm not. I, we're fixed to go on a trip in a couple of weeks, and as a family, I hope we don't have to. I don't want to get put on a no-fly zone, so I think that I probably will. But <laughs> – I just, it's the whole thing is, is stupid and it's, I, you just can't do it. It's kind of like getting people to lock down their businesses again. That's why LA and a couple of them places are keeping holding on because once they let go, they'll never get it back again. It just amazes me. Could you imagine living in Southern California and your kids having to wear a mask to school and you still having to wear a mask to go to certain places? And then you've got a brother or a cousin or a sister or friend that lives in Fort Worth, Texas, and they don't have to wear nothing. And they right. have it for years. Would you not be just thinking, what in the fuck is going on in this world that this yeah. imaginary boundary keeps me from being able to live while someone else gets to live their life? It's just crazy. Well, you know, go back to those airlines. What I never could understand, I read somewhere, and I don't, I don't 
you know, fact check me. Andy's Andy's a fact checker, but mm-hmm. but seriously, I, I have no idea what percent of the gross domestic product airlines account for. But I read one time it was like eight percent. That's how much airlines account for our total economy every year. So my whole point was, it'd be one thing if pick an airline, American said, ah, no, we're not going to wear the mask, Biden. So they would open. Why didn't all those airlines get together and say, look, let's form a pact where none of us, we're all going to announce a policy that we're not going to have a mask. Screw, screw Joe Biden. Screw this rule. We're not going to have, if they, if they lumped together and had the balls and just say collectively, none of us are going to wear a mask. What they're going to do. They're not going to shut them down. They can't. It's too much to the economy. They're not going to shut all the airlines down. They're not going to shut them down. What they're going to do is take away their government contracts with federal employees. They threaten them with that shit. Because one of them wanted to redo the mask. United well, American. All, all of the top, all of the airlines. But if they uh, all stood together, if they all stood together, all those CEOs had gotten together, played a round of golf, and said, look, all of us, everybody, we're in this together. They, they would have done nothing. They, no. they'd, have, they'd, have, they'd, have, they'd have blinked. They'd have, they'd have balked. I agree with I you. Airlines stuck together and done it. And then, I mean, I just don't see Americans going through again, ever again, what what we just got through going through. I don't, I won't. I don't uh, think so either. But I don't think they have the balls first, but they didn't want to lose. Like American Airlines, they said, okay, that's fine. We're not going to get, we're going to do away with all government contracts. But you're right. If they all would go on and done it together, all this shit would have been done a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Because they just said, you know, it's fine. We're not going to fly nobody. Shut us down for you. Should you shut down the airlines for two days? Just two days in this country right now, mm-hmm. and you're going to have people pissed off everywhere. People got vacations. People go to work. People got to go to. I mean, the working part of it. Only time I get on an airplane is when I'm going on vacation. Very seldom have I had to get on a plane for business. But there are people that get on a plane every day of the week majority of people flying are business people yeah you know yeah. you take that where they can't get to work and shit and it's gonna be a real problem in fact you can't rent a car now hardly that's well, what's that's crazy i mean geez hey i'm gonna give somebody a free plug you travel a lot and you don't need a, a 15 passenger van with all your family like we do when we travel have you ever done turo.com t-u-r-o t-u-r-o.com it's like a uh an airbnb for cars people rent their own personal cars out to people all the time it's getting really popular and it's cheaper it's about a third of the price of regular car rentals so i'm giving this company a free plug turo.com but i I was looking the other day and hey you can rent a brand new lexus for 75 dollars a day you can't do that fucking with hertz or budget you know there's a lot to be said for uh have you ever bought a rental car would you buy a rental car Fuck you no. Use, I mean, hell no, because you, you I mean, so I'm not going to loan my truck for $75 a day because I know whoever driving it is going to drive it like they stole it. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> who, who gets in a rental car and just puts along like grandma? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dukes of Hazard in that baby. Heck yeah. I got the insurance for a reason. But, but uh, that, that doesn't sound like a good business model to me if I had to be personally involved. Sound like a good thing to go rent. Uh, but you're right. I, I went to uh, South Carolina last week, and it's it's tough to get a rental car right now. The, those Turos, though, people are buying a car. They go buy a car for $25,000, and they rent them out at $7,500 a day, and they're renting them out for you know 25 days a month. Well, shit, they pay for that car. It's paid off in four or five months, and it's a little profit maker for them. Heck, Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to buy a used vehicle that was a damn uh, 
<laughs> rental car. First of all, there's either been a dead body in it, or they drove that son of a bitch like they stole it, just like you said. Heck yeah. Duke's a hazard. I like it. So you're going, <laughs> you said you're going back to Argentina? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I cannot wait. It will have been, uh, you know, the last time I was down there was uh, August 2019. Lee Chose and that bunch was down there, and it was, man, it was unbelievable. And then the world stopped spinning. And back in November, Argentina started opening their border. But I think it was January. They just come right out swinging and said, no, no, uh, no vaccination. We don't need a vaccination. You don't need a test. You don't need nothing. You have to have a piece of insurance to come down there because what they're saying is if you get it, you can't come back to America because the government administration is not going to let you in. Can you believe that? That's the craziest thing. When in American history have American citizens been denied access to their country, to their medical care because they got a cootie? Only by air, <laughs> though. Only by air. Oh, you well, can, yeah, but that's the only way you, that's the only get way you can get there. Well, yeah. I mean, I ain't, ain't going to drive up Martin without a take. Hell, I'll be over by then. You know? No, <laughs> no. I, 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 I agree with you, but we was in Mexico twice, and I had me a, an alternate plan in case we, one of us tested positive for that's it. Right. I that's was going right. to fly my ass to Matamoros or to Tijuana and rent a car and drive across the fucking border. Look that. That's right. But, but. It's we, we, crazy. We have had to do that too. Yeah, we've had to do that. But it, it's amazing that that fucking virus is so smart that it's bad in the air. But if you're in the middle of the desert driving across, it's not going to bother you none. I know it's it's insane. It's insane. Fauci made but, a but hell anyway, of a virus. Argentina, Argentina is open. It's uh, it's wet. And you know, some of the places we went, like uh, went to South Africa last year. Of course, it had been closed last year. Was the first time into South Africa and. Wow, if you're a big game hunter, it, it's a fire sale over there because, you know, for two years, they've got inventory that hadn't been thinned out commercially. And, uh, you know, all them, all them animals over there on the fence making babies in South Africa. But bird-wise, it was insane. We uh, we broke, we, we went driven guinea fowl, which I love to do. And uh, that day, we, we broke the 20-year record on driven guinea fowl for that particular operation. Broke, broke the record on Franklin, which were hunted over pointers. Those upland birds just responded uh, in two years of not getting hunted. And then we had uh, we broke the record on spur wing geese and Egyptian geese, total bag and number of spur wing geese in a day. And, and that all had to do with not much hunting pressure. And, uh, and so now the prospect of going down to Argentina after two years, three years almost, of not being shot, holy cow. It's like uh, some of those places we go – I would I would put either of those two hunts we've got down there against anybody else combined in terms of just hunting quality, but it's not going to be like going to a great place. It's going to be like going to the great place for the first time ever because you figure the average duck down there say you have to be two years old. Okay, we're looking at generations of birds that hadn't been shot, hadn't heard a shotgun, hadn't seen a hunter. And I'm like, boy, I told Chose so down the phone, we're going to have to educate them, Chose. <laughs> you know, it's up to us, our moral responsibility to to educate those those poor ducks down there but i'm i'm looking forward to it we've got a lot a lot a lot of clients going this year and i will say this i think even some of the mediocre hunts down there are going to be pretty darn good if uh, if they got water that's if crazy that water, you I, that you guys really are going to be the up. first in three years to like you said you, there's generations of birds that went by that never 
felt any sort of hunting pressure. No, that's no wild. hunting pressure whatsoever. It's, it's going to be crazy. When we left, it was epic high water, which was good for duck productivity. And those ducks down there will have a couple of clutches sometimes anyway. they It's so interesting how those ducks in South America will breed. You know, like here, I guess because of our cold weather, uh, it's a very compressed, it seems like, breeding cycle for waterfowl. But you get down to Southern Hemisphere, and in August, you're liable to happen across uh, fledged out ducks, ducks that just hatched. And, and you're, you're already hunting birds that, that hatched early enough that they're already hitting their adult steps. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's generation to birds every year. It's going to be it's going to be very fun and very interesting. But I, I just didn't realize how much I really love that country and love where we go down there until I couldn't go. And uh, and I'm I'm going. I'm uh, one of my outfitters built another place about a mile down the road so he could have more rooms. <clears throat> he started building it in 2019, and I was talking to him the other day, and I said, "Hell, Ramsey, you're gonna be here so long. He built you your own room back behind the kitchen. So I'm gonna have my own staff position now. And I, I just enjoy it. I enjoy it so much. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy it. It's not just the hunting uh, guys. It's it's just going down there and meeting clients and being around clients. I know y'all see a lot of that because y'all own the lodge, but that's a big part of it. Yeah. You know, we, we talk to lots of clients on the phone. We deal with a lot of clients, but it's not the same as spending a week in the, in the camp with clients. Yeah. And really getting to know them. <clears throat> Have you ever had the, the client that would not get invited back? Hell yeah. I hate <laughs> to say it. I mean, I think everybody has, you know, uh, We've been, now look, uh, next year will be our 20th year in business. That's hard to believe. Yeah. <clears throat> it's hard to believe I had hair 20 years ago. <laughs> but, but, you know, but seriously, it's, uh, yeah, over the years, over the years, you just have to, um, you just have to let them go. And, and I've just, I've gotten pretty good at it. I've gotten pretty practiced at it. It's not a bunch. It's not, it's not many, but there are those right. clients out here. It, it's, it's, uh, Somebody said something the other day. They they made a quote. They said, "Greed, greed is always a cup half empty." And mm-hmm. sometimes you get these clients, and they're not always the old guys. But some of them seem to be kind of old and crotchety. And, and I've always described them as having like this hole deep inside them that they try to fill with dead ducks, and you can't ever make them happy. You know, you just can't ever make them happy. I've 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 had some uh fairly close relationships I've had to part ways with because they got that greed bug. It just they, they they show up, they want the best blinds, most ducks, the most bands, all the bands first shot and and uh and and <clears throat> your outfitters let you know a lot of times who these people are because they, they call you up and say don't ever send that guy back. And uh but I can remember one year about six or seven years ago I had a I had a client he'd been on six or seven hunts. And, and the outfitters kept calling him back, not just trying to explain they didn't want him back. And, uh, and I finally had to call him and say, you know, you're just not welcome back. Nobody wants you. It, it just, it's just, he's just greedy. You know, I'm just, just unbelievably greedy. And I, I've got, I kept a client. I just had a hard, hard talk with speaking of that. You know, it's like, my gosh, if I gave you six boxes of shells, eight boxes of shells on some years, if you had that many shells to go shoot and there were enough ducks to shoot them at, how many would you kill? How many is enough? Right. And it, it, it wasn't enough. This guy was putting four or five more boxes in his pocket. And uh, and I, I called over and said, send him back to the road. Terminate his hunt and send him out. They couldn't get him out because the roads were too muddy and too far away to the paved road. So 
just when he got back, had to have that heart-to-heart talk. So, you know, you're not allowed to insult me or the staff or the resource that way. If you do it again, you're not welcome back. He, he turned around. It, 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 took a, it took a little hand slap to him. But what are some of the problems y'all have with clients that you don't want them back? I had a guy this year that was an asshole and a half, pain in the ass, and I told him, I said, listen, you're not coming back here. I said, this is Ramsey Russell's phone number. You call him, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jim. What? Uh, let me ask you a question. Was he, did he, was he older? Did he buy no, book by himself? I didn't. I didn't. We didn't have an asshole of the year this year, really. We we didn't have that many bad people. And we had a hard season. The first of the year was excellent. The last half of the season was fucking horrible. Worst I've ever seen. Uh, we didn't. I, I, I do really a pretty good job of smoothing things over with people that are an asshole. I, I'm not. We're not hurting for business, so I'm not going to put up with a whole lot of shit. So if you're a, if you're a pain in the butt and a problem, you're not going to be here. Um, I, did we have? I don't really remember. We, well, Josh had, Josh had an issue, but it was it was the same thing. It was middle aged man that nothing was good enough. The birds were not yeah. acting right. Um, Josh was hunting one of the. He was hunting the first agricultural fields from the roost so the birds were flying over him they were in there the night before it should uh, should have been a great hunt the next morning they woke up acted like they had not ever been in that field but the problem was every one of the birds that we had at that time was flying over them and they were flying about 60 to 70 yards high oh i do remember this guy so the guys see that and we don't pass shoot like we decoy everything we're going to do it the right way well when you've got every bird in the county flying over you at 70 guys that only hunt two or three times a year think that they can shoot those birds mm-hmm. so that messes it up for everybody and then that messes the it up for the entire county if you're past shooting and that guy was just relentless to one of our guides like we can hit those birds blah 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 we can hit them um and he's like no you can't that's 70 yards you'll net you won't even pull a feather so, uh, finally, towards the end of the hunt, when the flight was about over, he was going to make a point. And just he had been badgered for three hours that morning. And finally, on one, one little four or five pack, flew over 70 yards high, he said, kill him. And they didn't touch feather, just like Josh said that they wouldn't. And the guy's like, oh, th- th- those, are, those are way too high. I don't know why we're shooting at that. And Josh <laughs> told him, he said, you've been telling me. <laughs> all morning long that you can hit those birds and you didn't pull a feather he's like oh no those were way higher than what was flying over us it's like no you you hired a guide for a reason but that was about we do this shit for a living yeah you know know, one of the things i see is uh every night it's like um some people suck that's just that's just that's who they are i'm in the service industry i have to deal with some people suck they try to make my life suck I, i don't want my life to suck but some people suck. Some people have bad days. And, and I and I get that, man. We're all just human. Yeah. But you know what I notice? I talk to so many people on the phone. Um, and, and I guarantee you, every out, outfitter listening or guide can relate to what I'm saying. He's the guy. He asks questions. You answer his questions. All your details are online, whatever. But then they keep on and they keep on and they keep on. There's more questions and more questions and more questions. And, and find, what I like to do is I like to tell them, you know, this is a great hunt. You book this hunt. I, I speak for the outfitter. I've been here several times. I've told you everything. But what I worry about is that you're trying to paint yourself into a corner. You're, you're trying months in advance 
have every minute, every dot. You're 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 letting your imagination run wild, and, and your reality is is going to differ. And and it, and if you know, give me and the outfitter and the birds a little bit of breathing room, and trust me, you're going to have a great time. Right. But you know, so I'm saying it's like they're like control freaks. And they want to control every little. You can't control this outcome. Right. We had, have, Jeff deals with that more than anything because I, you, he'll, he's the one that handles the clients. I, I had a guy this year that um, he come in and he hunted with this, and he told uh, he told one of the guides, he goes, boy, Jeff was really short with me on the phone. Let's fuck, he was a single hunter, and he asked me 415 freaking questions six days in a row. And I finally told him one time, I said, listen, I've went over everything with you. Everything. I don't. Everything. everything. You know everything you need to know. If you have a serious issue, call and let me know. But I, I said, I, I've, I've got to go. I got other things I've got to do today. I mean, I'd spent. I, I, I was on the phone with him fifteen or twenty minutes, three or four days in a row, and I'm friends with my clients, a lot of them, and I love them to death. But I during November, December, January, even October, a lot of times, I don't have fifteen extra minutes to stay on the phone four days in a row to go over the same shit with. I've got a cus I've got a client right now that's booked to hunt with me and he's got a big group, eight or ten people, and they're coming for three days. And I bet he's called me every two weeks and he's asked me the same fucking question. Yeah. About the weather. Well what kind of weather should we know now should we take these kind of coats? Do we need to do this? this? Wow. Dude, I don't know what the fucking weather's gonna be like. I can tell you right now that the week after Thanksgiving the normal temperatures are going to be somewhere around 55 for a high to 25 for a high. Anywhere in that 30 degrees. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's 75, sometimes it's 20 degrees. But that's the average deal. About 10 days before your hunt, I can give you pretty good solid information. Who the hell don't look at the weather before they go on a trip I anyways? Know. I know. And that just I know. It, shocks me. I know. those little things like that. But it's like I've, I've got you, – you get a nose for it where – a lot of calls. Some clients need more time than others, but at some point, you just realize this is that client. I think some and, of them don't have friends. You realize there, there's, there's no. Well, that that used to worry me. Um, in our business, you know, it, it takes a lot of. It takes a lot. I mean, when you think about this, Jeff. The average guy is, is um, fifty to seventy years old. Somewhere in that time frame, you know, you've got college for your kids kind of whipped. You're getting you're getting short on your mortgage payments, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, you got more you got more disposable income than you did when you was twenties and thirties and had a big wagon to pull. And some of those old guys in their sixties and seventies that are great clients for us, they don't have the friends. They don't have friends that are either willing or able to go on these hunts. But when somebody wants to book a loan, I do I do I do spend a lot of time talking to them up front to make sure try to make sure there ain't a reason he's hunting alone we you know, I, I, you know they're, they're, that's those single hunters sometimes can be a problem there, there might be a reason I, I can think of one right now uh, it's funny he got introduced he called me on referral from another client but i've always I, I, it didn't occur to me until i hunted with the guy why those clients didn't want to hunt with him oh think yeah. about that yeah I, you know you deal with that yeah, we uh we have a we have days I set aside for singles and doubles and even triples and I put them together and I've got three sets of days like nine days and I've about sold all of them out I've got a couple of days still like work in but we call it, I call it the podcast hunt we do and it'll be a three day hunt and you get you come in and it's all singles and doubles and triples and a lot of those guys I have found out 
a lot of time if it's a single hunter, he's the only one of his buddies that's got any money to hunt is the reason he does it. Right. He's got that's other it. guys that's he it. got home or he's a single guy or his wife has let him go hunting. And I've got a lot of those that work out really good. And, and usually they're really good. The biggest pain in the ass is that guy that's a single hunter that has a freaking dog that can't do nothing without his dog. Well, you ain't coming up here as a single hunter with a dog. And they yeah. and, and they get all mad about shit. I mean, I had a guy that used to come to the trophy hunter show in Fort Worth, and he'd come every single year. And every and I'm telling you, this dog must have lived to be 77 years old because every year he'd come and he'd ask me the same fucking question. And the dog was a freaking golden retriever. And he'd yeah. be like, hey. And him and the dog had the same fucking haircut. And he'd come up to me and he'd go, hey, do you got any days you can work in a single hunter? And I'd say, yes, sir, I do. And I'd give him a couple of days I have. I could work in a single. Okay, well, it's going to be me and my dog. No, it's not. So finally, after yeah. about the 17th fucking year in a row, I finally told him as soon as he walked up, I said, I can't take a dog with a single hunter. God damn. kind of walked up. How many years in a row are we going to play this game? You know? There's a reason well, why. You know, you don't have any friends for a reason. I think you're married to that fucking dog. There's a, there's a lot of outfitters I've been seeing that are finally just saying, you know what? Unless, unless, unless you've got the entire party to yourself, no client dogs. Well, we are that and, way. Uh, yeah. It, it really kind of needs to be that way. You well, know, it really does. There's some places won't even let you bring a dog anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing that. Too. And I'm not going to be that way. If you got a private party, if, if listen, if your dog's a piece of shit and doesn't do the job, and it screws up your hunt, and it's a private group with you and your friends, that's between y'all. But but if your dog comes up and does a good job, that's great. And I've told guys before, listen, you can bring a dog. You've got a private party, but if your dog is going to screw the hunt up, I'm going to ask you to leave it in the truck. And most people are that way, but you can tell a man his wife's got a fat ass, and he won't get mad, but if you tell him to put that dog up, he gets his feelings hurt. Uh, Yes, that's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact, man. (laughs) It's not. You're you're right about that, though. It's it's a uh, it's a it's a tough business. This is this can be a real tough business because you're dealing with people and people are people. Yep. You know, it, it can be a real tough business. But you know, we talk about some of these problem clients, and I mean, literally, um, less than a dozen clients in twenty years. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and 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 that's 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 pretty that's pretty damn good odds. Most people are good people. They're great people. Yeah. Well, I have somebody that bitches every year. You get you, but but we deal with a lot of people, but nothing bad. I mean, we had a guy four years ago that was asshole of the year that was a real asshole. But other than that, most of the guys are just you, – you, you deal with some jackasses here and there. But most people, like you said, are good people, and they're getting out. And COVID really changed a lot of that because I noticed people the last two years have really appreciated getting to be with their friends and family and getting away more than they yeah. did before. I think we, we, take, we take freedom for granted in America – and I think a lot of people saw that when they were locked down for a couple of months in their house and they couldn't go do shit and they're appreciating it more and more. I think you're right, Jeff. I, I, I think you're right. I think COVID changed a lot. It, you know, I think it made people realize, I think a lot of people that realize, crap, I can't, you know, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it now because just, just because it's, this stuff's going away, who knows what comes next? Yeah. Right. You know, I was just, uh, I've been doing some work on my webpage and uh, I was on a podcast the other day and we were talking about Capra Kaylee. And then today I was working on that page. And man, that takes place in Russia. May never go on that hunt again. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm not going to Ukraine or nowhere near anytime soon. I think, you the, know, uh, I think Russia opens, but I think Russia, 
I think we're in it, and this is not going to probably be, some people are not going to probably not like me saying this, but I think this is a media war more than anything else. What do you mean? It's possible. I think that our mainstream media is perping this up. Now, there's actually something going on over there. I'm not, not saying that. I'm just saying our media wants there to be a conflict up there, and I really believe that our government is involved to cover up a bunch of deep state shit that's gone on over there. I really believe that. So you're a QAnoner. I'm not a QAnoner. I'm just common fucking sense on this shit. Uh, Hunter Biden, Mitt Romney, Nancy Pelosi's, and somebody else's son are all on boards of uh, energy companies over there. That's a known fact. Well, there's something yeah. wrong there. And so I really believe that we are, if Trump was in office, we would not be at war. In Ru- uh, Russia and Ukraine would not be in war right now. You don't think and so? We no wouldn't way. Be, and we wouldn't have sent them $12 billion dollars. And why we're paying for their war, I have no idea. Since we're talking about this, Ramsey, me and you think a lot politically. Have you seen any of the stuff, and I did not even know this existed till today. Have you seen any of the stuff about uh, our current president's son and our ex-president, who's still coming around now, that thinks he's president, probably is, his 16-year-old daughter and Hunter Biden and the shit was going on with them? No. I saw uh. I, well, now you got to understand, Jeff. I watch very little news since the election. This ain't on the news, and okay. so I don't know. To see it? I don't know. Well, I didn't know this was about. Supposedly, they had a little tryst going on while she was underage, while he was the vice president's son. And huh. guess what's on that laptop? Supposedly, some of this stuff. And there's some pictures being leaked that are out there. And I was shocked by that. I, I actually had no clue this had ever gone on. But supposedly shows her, I saw the pictures of this. Now, you can Photoshop shit, so I don't know. Shows her credit card on a line of table with a bunch of cocaine with them there. Mm. Hmm. Now, oh, Heidi. I don't know if it's who, true who, or not. Who, who are we talking about? What? What? Who are we talking about? Uh, what young lady are we talking Hunter about? Hunter Biden and Hunter, Malaya or Sasha? Yeah. The older Biden. Oh. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. If that's true, Obama is more worthless than I thought because he should have been whooping the guy's ass. You know? This says right here, take it for what it's worth, this photo, credit card photo, is not new, and there is no evidence that it came from Hunter Biden's laptop. The photo isn't new. It first appeared online December 19th, uh, December 2019. Yes, that's right. Almost a year before the New York post story about the laptop okay published there are other pictures i don't know if it's true or not but i never heard this before till today i mean and, and this shows a picture of her and him and it shows them in a room and shows the little white dog that obama carried around everywhere so it happened to happen in the white house when they were there so i don't know if it's true or not i don't know but it was just more of the shit that's going on i think that we're i think we are pushing that war over in ukraine to try to cover up shit i really do I do believe that. The United States does not get involved unless we have an interest of some sort. Is that chart I on? think there's a lot of tail tails wagging the dog. I do think that now. I don't I don't know about I don't know about all that conspiracy, but I I know there's a lot of uh tail trying to wag the dog. They they can cover things up. I mean what the what the media chooses to report as news versus yeah. not is just um, it, it's just crazy. It, it's just crazy. Well, just like this deal with this, this new these pictures and shit. Who knows if it's true or not? But in two or three years, we'll know for sure if it's a fact because everything that we find, everything that the the, the naysayers and the Tim Full Hat people talk about now, two years later, have all been coming true. Just about everything. Mm-hmm. So, Isn't that crazy. But I just I saw that today and I was like, what the hell? 
And I, that that's some serious shit if that's true. Yeah. You just said the most important if, phrase. If that's right. You just said the most important phrase of that story. I, I think the if whole, it's true. I think this and whole, I t- and I try to <laughs> and I try to stay out of stories <laughs> like that. I think the whole time I've said I don't know if this is true or not. I never said it was true. I said I don't know, but I'd never heard heard these stories before. But with the track record of stuff, I'm assuming there's a little bit of smoke. There's a little bit, a little bit of fire. Mm, okay. You don't yeah. think so? I just try not to lead a story with, if this is true, it's going to be big. Okay. That guy should be under a prison. Who? Hunter Biden. Oh. If it's true. No, 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 no. He's done enough shit that he should be. They, he sh- if he was anybody, if he was a regular citizen, he'd his ass would be locked up. Did you see where fucking, uh, what's the guy's name in, in California, their representative that was all against Trump all the time? Uh, Schiff. Oh, Shifty Schiff. 72 trips to Epstein's Island. Ah. But he good. Did, but he didn't see nothing going on, I bet. No, never. Well, he don't want to get, uh, you know, he saw what happened to Epstein. Um, what what the reason I brought up the the tough clients is because you're in a different situation because you're staying at a lodge with them. Oof. We at least have the benefit of going to our own house at the end of the day, so we got a little bit yeah. of a little bit of wiggle room there, and we're not totally immersed in it like you are. So no, that's, but that 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 makes it easy though. I mean, really and truly, uh, <clears throat> I, I think being in contact with people keeps it keeps it more real. Mm-hmm. You know. Honestly speaking, and and if you get that client, and I mean he's a very 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 rare client. Yeah. If you get that client that needs a reality dose, you can kick him in the shins with your Crocs just a little bit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And is it going to be eerie to go back to the place where you were when the world stopped spinning three years ago? Yeah, I thought it's about going that to. way. I, uh, I, you know, going to Mexico uh, after a year or two away was was uh, that was different. You know what I'm saying, but. Now, I think it's. I think we're gonna fall right back into place pretty damn quick. What I do, it it just uh, gonna be interesting to see how it changed. You know, two years is a long time. Yeah, I'm older than I was last time I was there, and and it, it was so crazy. Is we've got clients that were booked in 2019 and 20, and didn't get to go for all the period of time. It, it, it's a, it's crazy to me uh, how old people got. You know, that 50 to 70 year old especially those guys in their 60s and 70s, how a lot of them aged out in just a couple of two or three years. How you feel at age 70 versus age 72 or three is real, real different. Yeah. And uh, we've had some clients age out. We've had we've had three clients get uh, uh, pretty serious cancer, health issues, you know. And, uh, and and I tell you, I tell you what was so interesting to me. I, I agree that if you look at the, uh, I think most people are exuberant just to be able to travel. Now you can fly without a mask and just go out and, and live this life, you know, bigger than your backyard. But something else I'm seeing, and it is a minority. People are, people are, people are scared to travel. Think about it. Two years. There's been a lot of people that haven't, haven't gotten on a plane or gone anywhere in two years. Yeah. And they kind of gotten comfortable in their little turtle shell. I see it. I talk to them, you know, and I'm like, what, what's the problem? Well, I don't know. Was nothing. You just go, and, and I, I remember being that way the first time I went to Mexico uh, year for last. You know, it was it was weird getting on a plane and wearing a mask, and and the minute I stepped out in the sunshine, the mask came off, and I felt felt normal again. 
And uh, that's the hardest thing is just is just taking that step and getting back in that routine. You know, there's a lot of little elements that have changed. I mean, I think I think this pandemic changed a lot of our lives. For example, my wife and I were empty nesters, and we've gotten we've gotten pretty habituated to eating out. Mm-hmm. Going getting rich, man. We don't ever eat out. I, I learned in two years that there ain't a restaurant in town that cooks as good as we do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, and, and you know, I was up in an outfitter up in in Canada, and he was showing me, give me a tour of his premises and all. And they, they got a really nice professional uh, bird processing room. And I said, yeah, but how many how many keep their birds? And he goes, man, believe it or not, since COVID, ninety percent are taking birds home. I go, get out of here. He goes, everybody learned how to cook again. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and before COVID, maybe ten percent were taking their birds home. But right now, I do see a little undertow of people just being scared. I think it's going to take going down, and and just going and eating a steak in Buenos Aires or getting off into that marsh and just realizing, holy cow, I can't believe I, I'm finally doing this again. Yeah, well, well, I can tell you right now that when you go out to eat in the Metroplex of Dallas, I don't think anybody's cooking at home anymore. Because shit, yeah. it's two and three hours at some, some restaurants places. to get in. Hell, Whataburgers. Are, are y'all's drive through down there like Whataburger and stuff like Chick-fil-A? Does it take forever to get through them right now, too? Man, I haven't been through a drive through in so long, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, even, I don't even notice them when I'm driving by, to be honest with you. I eat at home. When I'm at home, I eat at home, you know? I don't blame you for that. And, uh, yeah. I mean, man, I'm, from where I'm sitting right now, the, the kitchen's 10 feet away. I can go in there and pick a sandwich or case of D or something. You know, I can eat eat leftovers. We don't we don't, we don't eat out. Leave the house. We don't eat out at home a lot. When we travel, we eat out. I mean, well, then you're going to eat out, but we don't at home. My, my wife's a great cook, and we eat at home a lot. I'm ninety percent of the time, unless we're going somewhere, we don't. Very seldom do we call in in town to eat. But there's a lot of people that, like you said, they make they never do that, especially empty nesters. If you lived yeah. in the Metroplex area, they eat out every night. Mm. Well, you're talking about something, uh, do not fly list earlier. And it reminded me of a story. I was supposed to go to Azerbaijan for the first time. And uh man showed up at the local airport with a negative test. And something about the way I was going, routing through the country I was going through, I think was Doha. And it was just some kind of timing snafu to where I needed to have taken that test that I brought to the Jackson airport two or three hours earlier to satisfy Doha's requirement. I was good for Azerbaijan, but not the pass-through country. So no problem. I, I, I walked up to the counter, and they called me up and said, well, you need to go take a test. And ain't cheap to take in the Dallas airport, buddy, let me tell you. <laughs> but, so, but I said, all right, well, no problem. You know, so I go and take my test. And uh, it was positive. Uh-oh. And uh, I'm like, well, crap. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is going to be fun what was so funny i go i go back to the counter the guy smiled oh hello you got your test i go yeah i'm, I'm positive man he said <laughs> pulled his mask up tight you know his eyes got big and i said i need to get my bag well the whole time i'm trying waiting in line and trying to get him my phone's ringing bing 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 some number from dallas you know and uh he said okay just go wait over here and we'll get your bags off the plane and i'll bring them around to you and uh so i finally answered that that phone call to just it's like they'll call, I don't answer, they call again, I don't answer, they call again. I finally answered, and it's somebody in Dallas that, that the health department, somebody's already got my my uh, my results. And they're like, sir, you need to pull your bags in and prove positive. 
said, but you canceled this flight and didn't leave the country and didn't leave this and didn't leave that. Man, I'm looking on my shoulder like I'm thinking to get tackled by the FBI <laughs> or something. You know, and uh, it, it was all serious and threatening. Like, I'm going to put you on the do not fly list and everything else. And I'm like, uh, so I hang up. I said, hey, no problem. The, the, the results are coming. Don't worry. I hang up with him and call my wife and say, get me a ticket home right effing now. I, I got to get out of this airport before they detain me. It's right. the craziest thing I've ever seen. Where is the airport? I felt, I felt fine. Where were you flying into? Uh, I was in, I was in Dallas. I, no. leave, I left Jackson, Mississippi, flew to Dallas, was going to Azerbaijan by way of a country called Doha. Where the hell is that called. that at? Because we had a guy uh, last week on. That's where he was flying into. JW was to go fly to uh, go to Mount Everest. Where's it? What's his name? Yes, yeah, somewhere somewhere out in the Arab Emirates, somewhere on the uh, somewhere out on that big boot looking country. You know, somewhere around the. Uh, Somewhere out there by the Gulf. So you know, they would and, uh, they let you fly back home. They just wouldn't let you leave the country. Like, could you you could get on a flight from Dallas I didn't ask to Jackson? Nobody, nothing, Andy. I, I, uh, <laughs> my wife hung up, bought a ticket, and I and I started. I got my bags checked and started walking to the gate, praying to God. I I got on that flight out of there, but you know, I didn't want to have to rent a car and drive home. No, that was you know, because it was eight hours away. But God, what a what a mess! And it was just total. And then I had a group of clients that stopped by turkey showed up with a negative test flew to turkey gonna spend three days and then going to Azerbaijan. well one of one of them tested positive in turkey mm. and uh it, it got sideways over there for them and they they finally made it out the the one guy had to stay a, another five days the other two came on home rather than go through so it's crazy it, it's, it's just uh I'm, i'll be so glad when all this is behind Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be I'll be so glad when it's behind. What has the attitude of the people in these countries been like? Because my wife and I, for our ten year anniversary, we we went to St. Lucia, just beach. We were beach bum for a week, um, but we took a tour and we noticed the people at the resort were not overly friendly. And we took a tour, and the tour guide was like, "Hey, I got to ask y'all something." <clears throat> he said, "It's been brought to my attention with the last couple tours that we've done that the." The people at these resorts are not very friendly. And we were like, yeah, we've kind of noticed that. But he said that it was because they did not want to go back to work. They wanted to stay on government assistance and keep the resort shut down. Has it been like that at all where you've been? Or have you seen any no, of that? No, I haven't. I haven't seen that at all. You know, we, we uh, I haven't been to Argentina. But, you know, you take uh, Guatemala, for example. They don't have a... They don't have a a, a, a a safety net. You either work or you die. Right. That, that's how that country is, and, uh, and that's the way it should be. And you know, Mexico, man, they bend over backwards. I mean, we go to those resorts in Mexico, and tequila is the ultimate COVID killer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're, they're happy to serve plenty of it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that at all. Now I can believe I can believe it though. You know, people don't want to go to work, especially here in this country. One thing that this guy did say, St. Lucia is primarily black, and he said that there's a large percentage of voodoo. They believe in voodoo and black magic, and they, he said that people on the island are legitimately scared to death of COVID. But it's, it's come, it comes from a place of black magic, and if you get it, and all this other stuff. So he said it's just, it's just kind of the way that they're wired wherever they were. I think some of the countries like Mexico had it dialed in perfectly. They they never went 
ape shit control like America did. Right. They didn't suffer. Nobody, nobody extra died. They're over it quicker. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think, I think practical solutions like that. Sweden had it figured out from the get go. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, I think had the media led him, uh, I think Trump, Trump would have done it similarly and we would have avoided all of this insaneness. If China would have been forthcoming with their information from the get go, and Fauci wouldn't have created this fucking virus in the first place. We wouldn't have been in this boat, but we would have let natural immunity take over, and we would have been fine. Would have been. Yep. If yep. It, it's it's nuts. Yeah, I I think that it just it's all political gain, and we've all paid for it. The whole world's paid for it, except for China, and they're getting a free pass on everything. All the regular folks paid for it. I don't think you know our our illustrious leaders paid for anything. No. You know what I'm saying? Democrat, Republican. This country, that country, the politicians, those one percenters are sitting up there just totally oblivious. Their life hadn't changed a bit. If anything, they made more money on. Oh, they got wealthy. Regulatory kickback. Yeah, we. Uh, I was in Dollar General here in Knox City yesterday, and I got a case of water, and I was talking to the little gal that works there, and she was the only one working. I go, "Where's all your help at?" She goes, "Well, somebody had to leave for this or do that." And I says, "It's hard to get help." She goes, "I can't get nobody to hire. Nobody wants to work here." There are I know a ton of people out of work right now too, right. not a ton, but I know some mm -hmm. people in town. But they don't, none of them want to work. I mean, shit, they're getting what five hundred a kid per month from I the government. Know. I thought all that was over. I, I think know. they do that forever now. I, I don't know. But you get a check from the government for each kid you have. You get food stamps. You get. I mean, it's just there's no reason for them to work. They it's they make more money not working. I don't know. I have to work, Jeff. Oh, I do too. But I like to work. Somebody, somebody asked me one time when I was going to retire, and I'm like, retire and do what? Duck hunt? Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm right where I want to be right now. If I won a fucking lottery, I'd be at work tomorrow doing the same thing I was going to do anyways. Forever. I mean, I, 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 I'd be a lot more comfortable, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't worry so much about yeah. deposits, but. No, I wouldn't worry about anything like that. But, but the work part, <laughs> but I would go to work every day because I like what I do. You know, it's not our fault we chose to make a living doing something we enjoy. You know, that's right. That's, that's right. Very blessed. That's right. Find a hobby, figure out how you can make money off of it. And there's your career. That's all you got to do. Right. How do, do you get to take your dog on all of these or do you not, uh, do you not like flying with her? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take her to Argentina. You will. How long is that uh, flight? I'm going to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be down there. It's a long flight. Uh, She'll she'll be on plane for nine and a half hours and she'll be fine there. And uh, I'll bring a, I don't know, I'll bring something I can spread down in case she hasn't had an emergency. But uh, but no, she'll be fine. And then uh, now she'll probably take a big old dump right in the middle of Buenos Aires Airport. I can't do nothing about that. <laughs> but, but she'll be fine on the plane. Just when we get to the airport and have to round everything up, we're gonna be there for so long. Why not bring her? You know, so, and I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna spend eight or nine weeks down there, so why not bring her? My dad. Had but see, see, here's the interesting thing. You know, you kill a dog trying to let him pick up all those ducks. I won't let her pick up all those ducks. I'll take her out, try to let her pick up fifteen or twenty a day. Mm -hmm. But uh, some of the places we hunt, the dead ducks are the decoys. The more dead ducks out there around the around the center of spread, the more decoys you got. You don't want to bring them back in the blind. You want more decoys. You know. Amen, brother. I, yeah. I've said that forever. It wears me out. People think they got to pick up every duck. Well, it's belly up. You think that duck's smart enough to know if that some bitch is doing a backstroke or swimming the normal way? They it's don't. All they see, yeah, they don't see that. I mean, yeah. You know, like like one of my favorite places to hunt, I've talked about a lot. It's a very, very, very remote marsh. Chose loves it. Uh, 
he'll be there with me the first week in May that we hunt that lodge for the first time in three seasons. He'll he'll be there with me. And uh, but you know, it, it's so remote and so off there. You you know they don't do airboats or ATVs or nothing like that. You know sometimes they'll hook a horse up to a little pango and pull you out there, but uh, most times not. And they'll bring just a a dozen or fewer just homemade super light decoys and throw out. And that's how you start in the morning. And, uh, but then the more dead ducks you shoot, the more decoys you got, you know, and, and it works out, it works out great. It, it's just a, it's like hunting with a bunch of Indians. I mean, they, it just, just, they got that stuff figured out, you know, less is best. <laughs> let me, let me ask you this, Ramsey, of all the places you've hunted outside of the United States, Canada, or Mexico, have you shot a banded bird anywhere else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I killed a. Uh, let me think about it, man. I killed a killed a banded bird, a mallard in New Zealand, which is no big deal uh, because they're not native there. I killed um, barnacle geese and gray lags and speckle bellies over in the Netherlands that, that were banded. I shot uh, Mexico, of course. A lot of lot of bands in Mexico, ducks and brant. And um, one of the coolest uh, bands I shot one time uh, picked up was uh was a ring till down in uh uruguay it had been banded in brazil and it had remember those old bands that you say a-v-i-s-e a-v-i yes yeah. this said some mavi c-e-m-a-v-e and uh of course we didn't have no internet and the internet wasn't what it was back then but when i got back i uh, i searched it and found uh it was a bird banding laboratory i couldn't understand the language but i realized it wasn't Spanish. It was Portuguese. Oh, wow. And, and filled it online. You know, this was, this was, uh, I don't know, 10, 10, 11, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. And I filled it out online and the biologist actually wrote me. It was the, I was the first hunter to have ever reported one of his bands. And, uh, I'm sure I've killed some more. I just can't think of. Wow. Okay. My other question, what's the bird in Africa that's real big that they kill. It's mean as hell. No, oh, everything over there. But probably that spur wing goose. That's it, right there. Spur wing goose. How big spur are they? Spur wing goose. Uh, they'll get about 18 pounds. On average, the average bird is about the size of a great big Canada goose, a real big Canada. But but some of some of those big ganders, will, uh, I shot one last year. If we weighed it, probably would have weighed 17 or 18 pounds. It was it was big and gnarly and ugly. Uh, it is a big, it is a, it is a ugly son of a bitch, but it's got that big, got that big carpal, carpal spur. It'll be, it'll be as long as some of these turkey spurs and, uh, they use them to fight. I mean, they're, they're, they're vicious. And, and uh, there was a, there was a, uh, golly, there's one species of duck that I want to shoot in Africa. The last one I need, and it's a Makoa duck and it's like a ruddy duck. Well, it's Africa. There's not just tons of ruddy duck habitat in, in a dry country. Right. And uh, I've got one outfitter that says he hadn't seen one in 20 years. And I've got another outfitter that uh, started beating the bushes. And he found a pair. And uh, they were on what they call a pan, just a little uh, a little dam, they call it. It's a little stock tank, we call it. And uh, he sent me pictures. I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Six weeks is a long time, you know, for the <laughs> birds just to sit there. And uh, freaking the spur wing geese moved in and uh ran them off you know what i'm saying it was a pair of them and uh once they moved in and started taking up roosting or whatever on that pond they just chased everything else off but they're a they're a they're a big but they're a fun bird to shoot now i'm gonna tell you they they are uh 
they're a really, really fun bird to shoot. And they, they hunt them very differently over in Africa. Uh, normally, what we do is you get in a flyway, get, you know, you just out there and watch them trading and just get right in the corridor and uh, spread out, you know, along a fence row or in blinds, just, just spread out uh, 30, 40 meters and make a shoot line and, and pass you. But you may have decoys back behind you about a 150 yards or something, something for them to look at and kind of kind of line out over the blinds. And that time we broke those records, though, I, I, I was in between groups of clients. I went out with the outfitter to scout. And, and way over there was a big lake with a whole bunch of Egyptian geese on it. And about a mile away was a was, a, was that pond, um, that farm tank with, with hundreds of spur wing geese. And in the middle was just a low line, little natural, mucky, you know, deep little wetland. And uh, and what we realized they were doing is they were both going off to feed in, their, in different flocks. They were coming back and loafing in that same pond. And so as, as I was scouting with the guide, you know, he's like, well, I think we could do this or do that. I'm just worried, you know. If we try to pass you one, we won't get shots. Another said, "Well, hi, damn! Why don't we just since we gotta have a wind? <clears throat> why don't we just put the sun at our back, the wind at our back, and decoys out in the water and try to decoy and see how that goes?" He says, "Well, I, I, I've never tried it that way, but we'll try it." He talked me into it. We broke the record on on birds, and they were all decoying. You know, now we were still in blinds, you know, fifteen twenty yards apart, but it worked. Right. You know, everybody. Uh, Lord have mercy when a flock would come in, whoever they come in on would get the shots. And then uh, if they started to retreat, they just run the gamut and just start falling out the whole way that they're trying to leave with everybody else shooting. It, it, was, it worked out good. That that duck, that the, the pair that left, what kind of ducks are those again? Makoa ducks. Makoa. It's like a ruddy duck. Makoa. Uh, you know, the hardest thing, somebody, go ahead. Where, where, they, where, they, where do they native, where do they stay at usually? What's their native place? Africa, they, they like Africa, but you know, their ruddy ducks like deeper water. They, they like deeper water and they feed on crustaceans and things like that. And they're just, they're just harder. To, there's just not a lot of that habitat over there for them. So it's not you a know, duck that's uh, in danger. In South Africa. It's, it's not, no, in, no, it's not in danger. It's just very thinly distributed. Okay. Yeah, wanted, it's not rare. Nothing we hunt over there is rare. Well, I wanted to say that and get that clear before somebody's like, that damn Ramsey, there's only two <laughs> ducks left in Africa of some species he wanted to shoot both of them. Nah, nah they're just, some of them are just hard to find because of the, the habitat type, but they're not they're not rare. They're a least concerned species. And believe it or not, Jeff, we look at that stuff, man. I've been invited to shoot some stuff uh, over the years. I, I got invited and kind of got excited to go to the Philippines and shoot Philippine ducks, but it didn't take long to find out that's an endangered species. <laughs> and uh, we, we just bow out on that, you know. And Jake, <laughs> Jake Latondras and I, you know, hunting over uh, in Eurasia, some of the places we've been, there, there's a really good chance uh, sooner or later that a red-breasted goose is going to come sailing in because they're around. Now, that's an endangered species. And Jake and I have had to talk about Gosh, it'd be great if we can just, Lord have mercy, I hope the light's good. I know what it is when he's coming in and everything else, get a good, you know, just so we can film it and have a talkable moment. But it, it's an endangered species, and there's enough other cool birds to go shoot without getting off into that mess. You know what I'm saying? But I would like to see them. I, I, I would like to see these birds in their in their native habitat. What You know, one of the coolest birds we hunt in Africa, though, one of the coolest birds we hunt is, is, called, is called a pygmy goose. And it's uh, about the size of a green wing tail. It's technically a perching duck. I don't know how 
or who named some of these birds way back when, but whoever named the pygmy geese, uh, probably I don't, I, they just got it wrong. It's a duck, but it's recognized, you know, the smallest goose and it's size of a green wing. But here's a crazy thing. Look them up. African pygmy goose. It's coloration looks like anything but, but if those birds get off, they, they live in lily pads. And again, very limited habitat in South Africa, but you find these lily pad ponds and that's where you're going to find them. And what's so crazy is how, while you're glassing, because they're not going to decoy, you've got to, you got to sneak up on them. And uh, as you're glassing out in that lily pad, how well they, they blend in with just a folded over lily pad. Like, they just disappear. They're invisible. And uh, there's all kinds of little cool species like that we go with. Um, some of the funnest hunts we do are, are the pass-shooting geese and the decoying ducks. And, and I swear I'd go to Africa just to shoot driven guinea fowl. It, just think of a chicken-sized, like shooting, like when you walk up pheasants, they come flushing overhead. You know that guy that's blocking. And uh, that's what we do. We block and drive them up out of the cornfield over the shooters. But they're they're big as a chicken and tough, 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 man, and uh, a lot of fun to hunt. It, it's it's probably one of the most exciting things we do over there. I love shoot driven guinea fowl. This one's got a band on it. This African pygmy goose has a band on it. What what about? He must be in an aviary. Yeah, oh yeah, he is. He's eating corn. What about uh, a bitch? Have you been to Japan to hunt yet? Not yet, not yet. I don't know that there is any hunting over there yet. I've heard, I've heard talks, and uh, Asia, Asia is the big frontier. But I swear, uh, I'm, I'm convinced after ten years of chasing dead ends, it, it's, it's probably going to make, it, and, and this can happen. This how, this is my world, man. But it's probably going to take just accidentally bumping into a diplomat or a politician somewhere in the Philippines or Korea or. Or something. It's just going to take our path crossing to where I can get in with the right people to go into Asia. And uh, there, there's not a lot of hunting. Like, you know, I had a, a, a group one. They talked about a group you're glad to get rid of. Uh, crazy. They, they were. It was a guy from China that was somehow in travel and would broker Chinese hunters through us to some of these outfits. They went on two of our hunts, Australia and Mexico. Neither one of them outfitters want them back because because uh, think about this one one of those five clients was one of only five citizens in China that had gun rights that could own and possess a gun there at his house and uh, these were extremely extremely wealthy people right but they they didn't know they didn't know a duck from a blackbird from a sparrow from a seagull they shot whatever flew by. You know, they, they just, they, and that's just the way they were. They just wanted to go shoot and have a good time. But uh, that's going to be the kind of guy I, I need to get in with if I'm going to try to hunt in uh, over there in, in, in Asia because they got they got crazy gun laws, like getting back to Philippines. I never did the Philippines. They probably run into, in the Philippines, let's assume the bird was legal, is firearms. Can, can you possess a firearm? Can, are you with somebody that can possess a firearm? And if you've got a firearm, can you get ammo? Right. We take, you know, I know we're in an ammo shortage and everything else around here, but man, as crazy as the gun laws may seem and some of these liberals coming after our gun rights and everything else in America, y'all just don't realize how good we got it over here to go to these other countries. Man, it, it's uh, Mexico, for example, all the farms you got to buy from the military. Same with, Argent same with Argentina. All those guns have to be licensed. You get out of some of them far-flung European Union countries like Netherlands, hell, 
they limit you on how many shotguns you can have and how many rifles you can have absolutely no handguns and and if you're checked by the police and you can't extend your arm and put your hand on your gun it's not under your control therefore you're fine Jeez. and uh it's crazy some of the laws they've got around the world on firearms we we still live in the wild west compared to the rest of the world on firearm possession that's a fact but getting it back to your question getting into japan that would be a crazy, be a crazy good hunt. Getting into anywhere in that part of Asia would be would be good. But I don't know. I've been trying for ten years, Jeff, and I just hadn't hadn't been able to crack that nut yet. That's what makes you an interesting fella. I'm telling you right now, you're the most interesting guy in waterfowl because you've been there, done that, and you can talk about it, and you got skin in the game. And we need more of that going on. Well, you put you put yourself out there. People ask how you find these hunts. And really anymore, the hunts kind of find me. It's like, for example, uh, Andy asked how long I'd been home when we first, right before we started recording. He said, man, you home for a while? How long have you been home? Said, no, man, I'm, I'm thinking hit the road. But but I was I was down in Mexico, and I had been there a while, and I was I was really kind of looking forward to coming home and, and having a couple of months off. And uh, while I was in Mexico, I got contacted by a team down in Guatemala. And, uh, man, we did a little video talk and everything else, and uh, – and I said, when's the season end? This was like, this would have been 25th or 26th of uh, March. And he's like, I'm like, when did your season go out? And and they go, well, it ends on whatever, March 20th. I'm like, okay, well, I, I can come. But, and, but I had my gun and I had my dog. And we, we spent three or four days trying to figure out uh, how to get the permits and get everything copacetic where I could just fly straight from Mexico down to Guatemala. We couldn't figure it out. We couldn't work it out. It was too, too short a few. So I flew home. Drop my dog off, drop my gun off, wash a load of clothes, and very next morning I was on a flight to Guatemala. And it was, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I needed that hunt so bad. It's been so long as I went somewhere and I was just so enamored with. We shot a bunch of ducks, a lot of blue wings, and uh, shot some whistling ducks. I, I was after a, a Pato Reale. That's what I'd love to have shot. We saw some. They were too far. That's a wild Muscovy duck. And, uh, but, um, and they had the permits for them, so we were we were good to go on that. But but holy cow, I, it's like two nights. I was two days. I was in that country before I realized if I ever run away from home, I'm going to Guatemala. <laughs> I loved it, loved it, and I loved the people, loved the food, loved the culture, loved uh, loved the climate, loved the duck hunting. It was every, it was not to like about it. But there again, you know, here here's a group of guys. In a country the size of Tennessee, there's a hundred duck hunters, maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, "Come down and see it. Maybe we could kick this thing off." So now we're ground floor in this hunt for Guatemala, and I think it's really going to be something. We, we're uh, they're out doing doing some due diligence right now and finding some more hunting land. We're, we we were hunting mangroves and, and lagoons uh, up against the Pacific Ocean, and now. Uh, we're looking at some areas up in up in the northern part of the country with a lot of rice fields, and boy, you know what blue wing tails think about rice fields. And uh, so I'm I'm pretty excited. We're gonna we're gonna go back down there uh, next next January or February, and uh, take a couple of groups in and and just start to build it up slow from there. I'm, but I'm real excited for that. That's that's how a lot of these hunts. Uh, Netherlands came to us. Sweden, Romania. Uh, Azerbaijan, a lot of these hunts, people just in other countries hear about us or know kind of sort of what we do, and they they find us. We try to spend enough due diligence and uh, 
do our do our homework to make sure it's worth going to take a look at that it's legal and and everything else. And uh, for example, back when I was young and intemperate, one of the worst little scouting things I ever did when I said, "Hell yeah, I'm going. That sounds good. Let's go." I jumped down and went down to Belize. And uh, what's not to like about Belize? I was thinking, well, there's a lot not to like about Belize. I tell you that right now. <laughs> and uh, you know, and then I found out the first morning we were going quote duck hunting, and uh, the three guys that were our guys, African American, well, I guess they said black, show up uh, at ten o'clock in the morning. I've been up. I've been up since four. They show up at ten. Hey, mine, what's going on? Kind of find out there was all kinds of gun laws. You, you, as a non-resident, you can't even hold a gun. You can't even hold a gun if, you, if you're if you're caught by police holding a gun. You're you're gonna get ten year count for prison. That, that ain't that ain't got much prospect for commercial hunting, you know. No. And uh, so you find that stuff. Out. So now we try to do a little bit more due diligence, you know. Yeah, I I couldn't have done that. I'd have, I don't like traveling. I don't want to travel when I don't know exactly what I'm getting into. So you're you're a braver man than I am. Just to have that attitude, like yeah, we're going to go on. there, we're going to figure it out, and it's going to be great. I don't have that inside of me. Ramsey, when you get back from yeah, uh, but all this, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, with all all you like to read on the internet and stuff, you ought to one day venture down the rabbit hole of gypsies, Romanian gypsies. Just just go Google and read about that. They don't have a they have a spoken language. They don't have writing. You don't learn to speak the language unless you're, unless you're uh, born a gypsy. Uh, organized crime throughout the world, and uh, very hard to, for law enforcement anywhere to make a case because you know they don't have birth dates. They don't have last names. It, it just read about it. Yeah. And and they were they were taught since birth. And I'm going somewhere with this. They were taught since birth. Like we all heard about Santa Claus and stuff like that. We were children with with the, the gypsies were taught. The real gypsies, they were taught that when the Romans nailed Christ to the cross, the little gypsy boy spied a golden spike that they were going to drive into his heart. And he knew that if he stole it, he could feed his family. So he stole it. And God, because he, because that, he, that little boy took that, that little gypsy boy took that golden spike and spared his son's life, spared his son Jesus being dug in the heart with that. He, he, he forgave, he told, he told, he told uh, that little boy's family, supposedly, that uh, gypsies would forever be forgiven for theft. And that's why they're thieves. And they, they specialize in cash, <laughs> jewelry, and gold, and silver. Read, this is all on the internet. Read this is fascinating. So I get invited to go to Romania, which is where all the gypsies originated. This was, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. And I had a client that wanted to go wheel around with me. And, I think we went to Sweden and Netherlands and just were kicking around. We were sitting somewhere, maybe in Sweden. And I started getting emails uh, from somebody in Roma. I couldn't read it, so I had to go to Google Translate. And it was explaining that the guy I'd been talking to was unable to meet me, but everything was in order to go. I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to Romania. That that, that just got bad. And, all. <laughs> and my buddy was like, man, we've already got our ticket. Let's just go. And. If it don't look right, we'll 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 abort the mission in Romania. I said, all right, we'll, we'll go see it. And uh, man, when we showed up to Romania, the guy there to meet us. If if I describe to you 
Romanian hitman. That's what he looked like. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking, that's exactly what that hook nose guy looked like. I'm like, man, I'm not about to get in a band with this SOB. No way am I getting in a band with this guy. So he, and so we, we, we're like calf rope. We ain't going. He gets on the phone and hands the phone over to whoever been emailing us. The guy spoke good enough English. He said, listen, I'm, I'm his brother-in-law. That's a driver. He's a professional driver. He'll take you where you need to go, and everything is set forth. We've got everything in order. We want you to come hunting with us. And I said, look, where's so-and-so? Where's the guy at? And he said, well, something, something. I go, is he in the hospital? He goes, no, no, he's not in the hospital. I go, is he in jail? He goes, no, no, he's not in jail. He's just at the police station. Big I'm nice. like, man, I don't know about this. He's in the police station, but he ain't in jail, mm-hmm. and he can't come pick me up. So Scott says, well, let's just walk out and see what this guy's got us getting in. And the minute we walked out, we realized it was like one of those, you know, commercial, uh, like if you were contract somebody anywhere in the world to pick up some guys and take them in a tour van. There was water, there was business cards. I still took a picture of the of the license plate and sent it to my wife. And uh, I said, oh, I'm getting in this van, so notify Interpol or something if you don't hear from me in a little bit. <laughs> and we went on that trip. Come to find out, he had, the, the outfitter had was in fact in being detained by local police because we had to go to a store and we had to register and we had to do all this stuff to have firearm permits. We had to do all this stuff to get ammo. And we were only allowed to carry so much ammo in our possession and going to the hold the hunt and leaving every morning. We had, we had to go meet with the police who counted the shells and checked the guns. It's very, very heavily regulated. Well, he, this outfitter had been, had been in the uh had been in the car and had his ammo and two or three clients ammo when he got stopped that's why he was at the police station the hunting wasn't good enough for i'd have gone back but still yeah. it was a very interesting uh very interesting visit you know you just you I never know do you go right i can't do it i cannot i can't do it you you got something that i don't well listen we appreciate you coming on here please be safe in your uh travels i know you got a busy you're gonna be busy till august isn't that what you said basically Man, I'm busy until Jeff. I'm uh, uh, Andy. I'm on. Uh, I'm gonna get back from Argentina. Go back down there with, for a week with clients. Come home for a couple of weeks. Go to Africa for 25 days, I believe. Come home for a couple of weeks. Uh, dove season. You know, then I start my North American tour September, October, November, December, January, February, March. So you'll you'll be busy until 2024. Dove season somewhere. That's, That's right. Exactly right, is but we appreciate. Hopefully, you. I'll be busy until the grave, man. That's right. That, that's what you want. Look, Hopefully. We look Thank forward y'all. to hearing Go about ahead. Yep. Going to talk to you this summer again when you get back. God bless you, my friend. Be safe and take care and go USA. See you. Bye, Bye, Ramsey. Interesting guy. Yes, sir. Told you. One of the few people I know that yes. I'm really jealous of. All right. We're going to get out of here. Bye, everybody. Check out our great sponsors. Check out Stanford Hunting Outfitters, Steak Plains Meats, Bangtail Whiskey, Gundog Outdoors, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast, Lucky Duck, Dirty Duck Coffee, Shin Gear Waiters, Pacific Calls, Boss Shot Shells, Dive Bomb Industries, and Alpha Outdoor Specialties. <laughs>